0: salutations greetings and welcome to it it's two second round picks in the fax machine a loud booth podcast presentation i'm your host true story man and on episode 13 of the series that we do you know talking about trades and teams that could improve and where they could improve at we have a very interesting team you know a team that at the end of last season we all had odds on favorite to probably be back in the lottery this season, just knowing that they maybe don't have too much to work with or didn't have too much to work with in our eyes. Yet they've bounced back wild, you know, and the crusade continues, you know, in Cleveland for the Cavaliers. <laughs> Real talk, you know, I mean, last season finished last in the East, you know, 19-46 and 46 record. Finished with the fifth overall pick. Um, We'll get into who they used that on yet. You're looking at that thinking, you know, owner Dan Gilbert and that ownership group that they built over there, you know, what Usher Raymond is a minority owner as well, and they shout out to Usher. You're thinking they were a lot ambitious, you know, they were very ambitious knowing what they came from, having been in the finals for so many years, having been so dominant, and then even getting their ship, and then now you're looking like a lottery team to some people. You have a lot to prove in a lot of eyes, you know, even just your own eyes, right? So for Kobe Altman as the, direct, as the GM, who was the director of personnel, of player personnel when they won the ship in 2016, that's somebody who did all he could to try to keep LeBron there. You know what I'm saying? Traded Kyrie away to try to do the business and got you know Isaiah Thomas from Boston and some picks and try to flip all of that. And then D. Rose and D. Wade came in and then there was the Rodney Hood and George Hale trades and he did what he could, right? Um, didn't necessarily work then to keep LeBron, and now I think they've done enough business to put themselves in a position to go again and try to do some very interesting things down the line. And that's created to him as well. You know, for JB Bicker stuff, you know, um, I like the fact that they have a black GM and a black coach in, in, in Cleveland, especially you knowing just the, the history of. Of, of, of sports in general, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's beautiful to see. we always advocates for that on the show, you know? And for him, having been uh, a, a former assistant with the Grizz and a, and, a, and a head coach, he's he's somebody who you think he deserves a run at this, you know what I'm saying? He deserves a run to, to go good at this. You know, comes from stuff. you know, son of Bernie Bickerstaff, who's an advisor at the Cavs, you know, keeping in the family over there. That's dope to see. And they've started the season well as a result of the business they did off-season. And... It's going to be interesting to note how the the decent little bit of business they did, right, coupled with the business that happened around them with the Turin Prince trade, it puts them in a situation now where they can now go be a buying team. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, be in a sense a selling team, knowing that they've got the dot of centers that they have. They would love to get off the Kevin Love contract if they could. They have some options there, you know what I'm saying? With the picks that they have, they have some options there knowing you re-sign Matthew delivered Dover, one year, 2.1 million. It gives you depth at point guard, right? Sign Demion Dodson from New York, two years, 2 million. At 26, nice, decent backup in the guard positions, traded for Javon McGee when at the time you probably thought, okay, you don't have as much help at center and, you know, Kevin Love is down, you have Drummond, Javon will be great. Now he's looking like a piece that you maybe could trade down the line, you know, one year 4.2 million contract, 33-year-old proven winner who can give a team, especially a team that's competing some good some good minutes up, up in the front court, you know what I'm saying, as, as a big, hey. Um, with the fifth pick, I, it was interesting to see that they drafted for Isaac Okoro, who is a shooting guard, wing guy out of Auburn, you know, 19 years old, 6'5", great defensive upside and can still grow offensively as well, and thinking they're probably looking to use him more as a three down the line with, with what's going on with Sixland, you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. And then they have Okoro there, very nice young core, Jared Allen now, Torian Prince there, they have a very nice young core that they can go build off of, you know. So as a result, as a, as of going to part, they're eight and 7 um, tied for fifth out East, uh, sixth out East, if I'm not mistaken, with the Heat, with, with the yeah, with the Hawks. Nah, no, it's with the with the yeah, with the Hawks, right? So it's crazy thinking. Right now, as it stands, right the Pacers. Okay, we have what? As it stands right now, we have the 76ers, the Bucks, the Pacers, the Celtics, and the Nets, right? Then you have the Cavs, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Magic which are teams that could either rise up or fall depending on the business they do. Then you have the Raptors, the Heat, the Hornets, the Wizards, and the Pistons. Between the Raptors, the Heat, and the Wizards, those are teams that will improve because they have to improve, right? You're looking at a situation where for the Cavs, if you don't do business right now, you may be in the lottery again. When you probably shouldn't be, because then some of these young players may look around and say, we're having the best seasons we've had for a while, and we had a chance to improve, y'all didn't improve, and it's not like we're just going to keep drafting forever, right, guys? Go do something. Go make some business and go do something happen, so that in that tough East, where you know that in the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Indiana Pacers, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, they should maybe finish. For me, maybe the Pacers are debatable, but... The 76ers, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Knicks will finish in the playoff spots, right? For the Cavs, the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Bulls, and the Magics, like we said, it's it's down to if you do some business. Otherwise, you're looking at teams like the Raptors, the Heat, and the Wizards who will more often than not potentially do some business and improve to the point where we're looking at a place where these teams going down the line would have to do some business or fall out the pecking order, right? being the Cavs, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Magic. So you're looking at a situation where, okay, if you're the, if you're the Cavs right now, and you're starting and you're starting rotation is Colin Sexton, Matthew Deliver-Dover, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Demian Dotson, Shady Osmond, Dylan Windler in the guard and wing positions, with Torian Prince and Larry Nounce Jr., Lamar Stevens at the four, Jared Allen, Kevin Love, Andre Dumman, JaVale McGee, Marquise Bolden at the five, Okay, pretty interesting mix-up of talent that you can see how you feel. Fin- you you right now sitting eight and seven. It's, it's it's understandable why you're eight and seven right now because you have a mixture of talent that can do some things right now. Yet in the same breath, you saying to yourself, the internal improvement has already come. You know the internal improvement within the squad that you expected to see within a Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, to an extent, Shady Osman, even for me, a Dylan Windler who's shown some promise. Torian Prince, Jared Allen, you kind of know what they are or may be this season, next season, and the seasons after is what you're kind of banking on. Okay, how do you extrapolate that timeline a bit, you know? How do you put yourself in a conversation where you go from a team that could potentially be a play-in team or a team that falls towards the, 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 the middle of the lottery, not even the middle of the lottery, the top end of the lottery, to a team that can maybe finish in those positions saying, Okay, solidify yourself as an either seven, eight or nine team where if you know that Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Miami, and even maybe Toronto may finish above you and then maybe Washington don't do the business that they need to do right now and then Atlanta stay being Atlanta pretty good, Chicago continue to improve, you competing there, then maybe yeah, you're competing with Washington, Atlanta, Chicago, and you for that seven eight nine. Okay? There are trades that can be not, that can be done out there, you know? And I thought to myself, if you back the kids by adding some talent in the short and long term, you're setting yourself up pretty well as Cleveland, right, where you can go to San Antonio and say, we like DeMar DeRozan, and he's on a one-year deal. You guys aren't going to re-sign him down the line, and you're on a different timeline right now. We could give you more win-now talent and take away a young player that maybe you like and give you a pick this season. Maybe even... A couple picks this season. Okay. What could what could that look like? Because, I mean, for, 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 for San Antonio, would Pop, you thinking this season, they were looking like a team that could be in that lottery situation again, missing the playoffs. They don't want to miss the playoffs for two seasons in a row. So to put them in a situation where they may be back in the playoffs this season or definitely back in the playoffs next season – I think they would do some business right now for DeMar. And even if it means giving up a young player or maybe whatever the case may be, a pick, right, do that, you know? You do that. So I've cooked up a little trade thinking DeMar DeRozan, one-year, $27.7 million deal, you know, averaging 20.9 points, 5.5 rebounds, 6.7 assists at 31 years old could add a lot to a team like Cleveland. Calden Johnson, who was in a sense his backup in San Antonio, would have to come as part of the trade so that You buy yourself insurance as Cleveland that we have a guy that could play there if DeMar's not there, and then you still don't know what Okoro may be. If Sexton and Garland, down the line, you have to give up one to go get more, or you just have to give up one for the sake of balance within your squad, then Okoro slots in at the two, you have Calden Johnson at the three, you still have Prince and Jared Allen, and whatever business you go do down the line for DeMar, okay. That could be interesting. You take Trey Jones as well, thinking, okay, if Calden Johnson... Um, Three years, 3 million, 21-year-old kid. Averaging good numbers, I feel, 14.3 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.3 assists. You can see a lot of upside in that 21-year-old, you know. Trey Jones is also 21-year-old, but he's a point guard. Three years, you know, less than a million bucks, 2.3 points, 0.5 rebounds, 0.2 assists. You don't see too much yet, yet he's the perfect backup to that six-land situation where he's a guard that can come off and get hot, you know what I'm saying? And you need that, where if you have Trey Jones in there, deliver Dover as a backup to facilitate sometimes and calm things down if you need to calm it down and get a stop or something. Ooh, you have something there. You have something in Cleveland, right? With DeMar there, Torrey and Prince, Jared Allen still there. Okay, what would it cost you to go get that? I think Andre Drummond is the perfect piece for San Antonio, where they're one of those teams that still love to play in that middle mid, middle of the paint, you know what I'm saying? Still prefer to get the two if they can because it's a guaranteed, okay, get to the bucket. It's harder to defend that shot. You know, it's easier to defend the three in their book, right? So it's like get you a guy that you can play like that with knowing you can move LaMarcus Aldridge to the four, you know? And you can build a team around Drummond now with your young guys like Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassal, shady osmond coming in there okay that gives you a lot more yes you have to give up one of your more exciting young players in Keldon johnson but to get some win now pieces and some picks down the line i think you do that at san antonio you knowing you know how to draft well so you will know how to pick up pieces down the line for what you need yet you now have a squad where pop can at the very least be in the players for the next two three seasons while you contemplate what you're going to do with life after pop you know so andre drummond one year, $28.7 million. San Antonio will be able to re-sign him you know, after they reworked the LaMarcus Aldridge contract and they're getting off the DeMar DeRozan contract now. 18.8 points, 15.1 rebounds, three assists at 27. You can see him retiring in San Antonio and being a pretty great player for them and, and actually establishing himself as a level of a guy where he's he's put up Hall of Fame numbers, yet the, the, the wins haven't been there his whole career. For him to finish his career in a winning situation, make a playoff run or two, and maybe even win a ship, bro that will solidify him as the type of player that he is. And maybe towards the back end, he can go ring chasing. And you saw what that did for Dwight Howard, where if he can get a front end, solidity Andre Drummond you know and and at age 31 32 go and chase the ring if it hasn't happened in San Antonio we would respect it bro we would respect it knowing that okay you you were in a bad situation early on and it didn't work out for you then you got into a good situation okay maybe it doesn't work out for you lord forbid go put yourself in a situation where you are just an extra piece to what is a winning situation go get you that ring that solidifies you as a hall of fame guy right Shady Osmond is a guy who I liked a lot in Cleveland, especially when he's playing with LeBron. You can see a, a guy who can develop into a nice spacer with a defensive upside. He got paid in Cleveland, you know, four years, 8.8 million. You at 25, you're thinking 33, what is it, 13.3 points, at 33 Shady, bro. Shout out to you if you get 30 points, bro, in the season. 13.3 points, 3.9 rebounds, 3.8 assists. For Shady Osmond, bro, I think in San Antonio, those numbers could come up towards that, which we're seeing for Calvin Johnson. You know what I'm saying? That 14.3, 7.5, 2.3 assists, that that ballpark, you know, where Shady can maybe score a little bit more, I feel. The rebounds may not be as high yet. You can give you the assist numbers, and it can be a very well-rounded third option. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes second option on some nights in San Antonio. And defensively, he can grow, and you can see some Manu nobliness in him, right? At 25, he's still there, and you're thinking in a winning situation over the next three, four years of that contract, then that's a very great contract to have in San Antonio, right? You would get back a 2021 first-rounder and a 2023 first-rounder from Cleveland. It will be compensation, in a sense, for KJ and DeMar, knowing that the second-rounders would, in a sense, would be the sweetener in the pot, right? San Antonio know how to pick very well in a draft, right, especially in the second round. And you're thinking 2022 second-rounder via Houston, 2022 second-rounder via Washington, 2022 second-rounder via the San Antonio Spurs' actual own pick comes back, 2025 first-second-rounder via Milwaukee, 2026 second rounder via the L.A. Lakers, those are pretty interesting picks, right? The San Antonio Spurs would have to give up the 2021 first rounder to Cleveland right now saying it's a sign and trade hint hint for Andre Drummond. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll give you our pick right now, plus a pick down the line and all these second round picks. And we kind of call it square, you know. And it's pretty decent business if they, if they fight and say we won't give up our pick this season as the, as the Spurs, knowing that they don't know what they may be still. That's still OK, because as Cleveland, you will get the production you need in demand, Calden Johnson on the wing, Trey Jones backing you up, that your pick won't be a lottery pick. You know? And if you don't get back a pick this season, that's fine, knowing that you, you're developing in-house for next season, right? I thought to myself, that's a playing team, bro. That's the playing team when you think to yourself, Colin Sexton, Trey Jones, Matthew Deliverdova, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Damian Dodson playing more in the, in the two-guard position. So that DeMar DeRozan, Calden Johnson, and Dylan Windler play in the three. And Torian Prince, Larry Nance Jr., Lamar Stevens at the four with Jared Allen, Kevin Love, Fitz, JaVale McGee, and Marquise Bolden backing up at the, in the front court at the center position. You have a squad that on every given night can put up points and then defensively you can start to improve there, where DeMar can add a, a veteran presence to that locker room, especially in a starting position, you know, where if you don't do that trade, who's your most experienced player age-wise? Torian Prince starting? You know what I'm saying? Shady Osmond's your most experienced player starting if you don't do that trade? Nah, you need somebody in that starting court, in that starting nucleus that demands that from from, from tip-off, that this is how we play, bros this is how we play cuz right now you can see Sexton Garland they have that fight now Channel and Prince he has that fight Jared Allen definitely has that fight Channel all of that bro Where well, you can have a pretty good young nucleus with Sexton 22 Trey Jones 21 Garland 21 Okoro 20 Keldon Johnson 21 Jared Allen 22 Lamar Stevens 23 then you add experience in DeMar DeRozan at 31 Torian Prince at 26 you know, Kevin Love at 32, Larry Nance Jr. 28, Deliver Dover 30, Dodson's been around a little bit at 26, Javal McGee at 33. You have a squad, bro. You have a squad that can every, every single night on any given night be tough out in the playoff, bro. And every single night in the regular season, you know you'll get the performance that will at the very least in the East get you into the playoffs, bro. Especially with the way it's looking this season, you are definitely a playoff team. If not a play on a play in team, but at the very least, I feel for me you're gonna be a playoff team, bro, because you have that fight that every given night, bro. I cool Brooklyn will be better than you, Milwaukee will be better than you, Philly, will be better than you, Boston, will be better than you, Miami will be better than you, Toronto, maybe I'm not sure. Because Chicago, I know you can be better than now. You know, Atlanta, if they don't sort it out, you'll definitely be better than them. If Washington don't sort it out, you better than them. You are in the playoffs and with a chance of going into the second round, right? Okay. I thought to myself, that's a pretty dope trade, right? You back the kids and you and you back yourself as a squad. That could that could pay handsomely for you as Cleveland, right? What if you felt, nah, that ain't enough? For Andre Drummond, bro, that ain't enough. We wanna get in wanna get into a big time conversation and there's a there's a three birds with one stone trade that I feel could solve a lot of issues for two teams out east and one team out west. And some may argue, why would two teams at East want to help each other yet? If you Cleveland and Brooklyn, it behooves you to help each other because Cleveland aren't going to be good right now, now to the point where they're going to threaten Brooklyn's reign right now. And Brooklyn's reign is going to look like for the next two years, maybe. I right, cool then. Why not help them for us to be able to win over the next two years? And then if they're going to get good, they'll get good. And then for the Clippers, it's like, bro, y'all need to compete right now. And if it's going to be a thing for Brooklyn to say, hey, well, let's help the Clippers be the team that knocks out the Lakers in the, in the West so that we play them, and then we have a better chance of beating them than the better chance of beating the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> for Cleveland, it's like, yo, we get to be better. I right, cool. We get to stay getting better. Cool. That's a trade that works for everybody, you know? So Paul George is an interesting one where we haven't seen play of P. And... We kind of know, for me, why I think the reason is, is that you won't see playoff P playing next or Kawhi because they're too similar in their, in their play type. And then you're in a team where you don't have a playmaking point guard that can bring the ball up and facilitate for both of them to the point where they can both get their touches and their looks the way they need to. Okay, If you want uh, playoff P to be more on the wing scoring and then Kawhi coming in off the wing and playing more in the post scoring you could have a nice balance if you had a point guard that could stretch the the court like that you could get that point guard by giving up play of P and I think you'd be very you'd be very well suited to do that as the Clippers because if you want to win right now uh, a Kyrie Irving Kawhi Leonard combination plus whatever pieces you have around that I think you're good enough to win in the West you know Especially with Ty Lue as a coach, you're good enough to win in the West. And for Brooklyn, you need defensive help. So to get an Andre Drummond, that helps you. So for Paul George to land in Cleveland, Andre Drummond to land in Brooklyn, and, Ka- and Kyrie Irving to land in L.A. with the Clippers, what would have to happen pick-wise? I guess not too much in my book because I'm thinking the team that has to be <laughs> benefited from this, you know what I'm saying, pick-wise, Insurance-wise is Cleveland, because they're giving up a playing Andre Drummond, who they could just do a sign-and-trade and trade and resign and move him on, right? If you are the Clippers and you're getting back Kyrie Irving, whatever you have to do, you probably do, and you don't have too much to give up right now in terms of picks, so you'll give up your second if you have to give it up, right? Cleveland would be in a situation where if you said, let's give up two first-rounders, and give them to Brooklyn in the Andre Drummond trade to get back some second-rounders to keep us going down the line. And then Brooklyn get the insurance for Kyrie, saying, okay, that's your trade insurance for Kyrie. Okay. 2021 second-rounder via Brooklyn that comes through the Indiana Pacers going to Cleveland. 2021 second-rounder via Brooklyn through the Phoenix Suns going to Cleveland. 2021 second rounder via Brooklyn through Atlanta Hawks going to Cleveland, plus a 2022 second rounder via the Clippers through Atlanta and the 2022 second rounder via the Clippers. For Cleveland, you're saying, okay, now you're just going to have to have a great scouting team, great development team, which you do have right now in place, and just keep picking in that second round, knowing you have Paul George. With Sexton, Garland, Prince, and Allen, you will be a playoff team out West, so your first round picks won't be so great. You can use those to keep... Strengthening down the line, and within three seasons, you can break through. Because I mean, poor George is only 30 years old. By the time he reaches age 32, 33, it may just finally click for him. And that's the time where maybe he doesn't have to be the leading player on that squad. Then you have Sexton or Garland growing or Allen growing, and then you have something there. You have something there for Brooklyn getting Andre Drummond right now. One year deal, yes, you can do business to get some guys off your, off your books down the line, you know. And then pay him. At 27, he matches the Harden and Kevin Durant timeline. He's your defensive anchor. You know, 18.8 points, 15.1 rebounds, three assists. Bro, that's what you need right now as Brooklyn to win the East. You know, you get a 2021 first rounder via Cleveland and a 2023 first rounder via Cleveland. You use those picks to get off the bad salaries and create space for you to be able to re-sign Andre Drummond and get some more help down the line. Your rotation looks pretty good with Harden, Tyler Johnson, Landry Sham with TLC, Joe Harris at the three with Jeff Green, KD, you know, uh, Reggie Perry on a two-way deal with Andre Drummond and DJ. You can maybe move on from a DJ, maybe move on from a Spence Dinwiddie if you can do that business down the line, right? You do that, bro, and strengthen and strengthen. Keep strengthening as Brooklyn, because right now, as it's constructed, you don't have any defensive help to be able to get you where you need to go, especially in the playoffs. You can get to the playoffs, but what are you going to do when you get there, right? For the Clippers, I feel it's the same thing this season where if you don't do business right now with one of your guys, especially those two main guys, I always said to myself with the Clippers, either they were going to move on from, you know, the Lou Will, Harrell and Pat Beverly combination and leverage all of those to go get themselves a third guy and then bottom out and go get like one year guys on the bench or trade one of the stars and go get you a complimentary guy for Kawhi Leonard because that's who your main star is. That's who you bought into this experiment for. Yes, he asked for, for Paul George. Say to him, okay, you asked for Paul George. It hasn't worked out on the court the way it should have. We'll give you a complimentary piece. And rather, we live living down that source so that if we go get Kyrie Irving right now, he's signed through for three years. If Kawhi leaves next season or at the end of next season, then we still have Kyrie, Le- Ky- Kyrie Irving. Okay, Kyrie gets his own team either way, and it's in L.A. So it's like Kyrie will be happy either way, right? You do that business as the Clippers knowing, bro. I'd rather keep Kyrie signed through than have Paul George signed through and, Lord forbid, Kyrie, I mean, Kawhi Leonard leaves, bro. Nah, no, 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 nah. You do that business knowing Kyrie Irving right now, when he is available, he's going to give you those 29.4, 5.7 assists, 4.4 rebounds. Playing next to Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, bro, that's beautiful, bro, because you have Kawhi, Pat Bev at the guard positions, Lou Will, Lou Canard at the two, Kawhi Leonard with uh Batum at the three, Marcus Morris and Patrick Patterson at the four. Serge Ibaka at the five with Zubac. Mm. Bro, I see you comfortably winning. Like, no cap, bro. Like, yes, you'll have to deal with that two-headed monster of LeBron and AD, bro. But with Serge and Zubac and Morris and Patterson, you have bodies to throw at them. Batum, And then you can even let Kawhi go play heavy minutes guarding LeBron, knowing that Kyrie can torch them. Lou Will can torch them. Lou Kennard will torch them. You know what I'm saying? When Pat Bev is on that court, he'll be an antagonizer. And they don't have anything in L.A. to deal with that backcourt that you have. If you leverage Pat Bev to go get you some more help, oh, that will be even better for you. So it's like, bro, I think that trade, everybody wins across the board. Where if you look at Cleveland's squad now with Colin Sexton, Deliver Dover, Garland Okoro now moving to play more minutes at the two down the line, and seeing we'll see what we have there. You know, within Garland and Sexton, and then Okoro will be our backup. Otherwise, we'll move. We'll use Okoro as a piece down the line, develop him, and trade him to go get more assets. Paul George at the three. Shady Osman and Dylan Windler are perfect backups for him. With Shady at 25 and Windler at about 24. One of them can blossom to being the guy that steps up and takes more of the heavy minutes when you start to, you know, share Paul George's minutes with somebody at the three, right? and Prince at the four, Larry Nance Jr. I think you have great guys who can now learn their position as the guys who are your, your stretch guys, three and D defensive wings who... Know their business, you know what I'm saying? Big frames can go against a, a guard, can go against a, a, a center and still give you minutes, right? Jared Allen, Javal McGee at the center position, bro. The perfect mentor for Jared Allen, I feel, is JaVale McGee, right? Because there's this picture of Jared Allen wasn't seen as being smart enough or serious enough about the game, which is kind of like the shit they said about JaVale McGee, you know what I'm saying? And then he proved to himself that I'm way smarter than y'all realize that I am and I'm way better than some of the guys who you've touted as superstars. I've won more rings than some of these guys. Jared Allen can be one of those guys where he can be way better than his draft stock actually look like, you know? And next to it, Javal McGee with the Marquise Bolden as the backup there, you have the perfect mentor where sometimes Javal doesn't need to play the minutes as much as he needs to do the mentoring. Tell these guys what to do, show them how to do it in training, right? Then you have a squad that comfortably for me is solidified for that sixth, seventh position out east, regardless of what those other teams go do. Because Miami have a lot of headway to make up. I mean, they have a lot of work to make up to, to, to get back into the playoff positions and get back into a sixth or fifth position, right? Toronto did or Washington did so for you as Atlanta you've done I mean for you as <laughs> Cleveland you've done well enough to be in a conversation with an Atlanta who went and did great business in the offseason if you can do the type of business that sees you finish above Atlanta knowing the business they've done knowing how highly regarded Trey was uh, DeAndre Hunter all those guys John Collins how highly regarded those guys were and the fact that you built something similar to what they've done without as much noise or without as much attention on you okay, you can potentially go leverage that into even more, right? Because then it's, it's in the East, bro. One guy who's a free agent might think to himself, yo, I'm the missing piece right there. Let me go right there and add that. One veteran guy could be like, let me go there and add an imprint. That could be crazy. If I'm the next guy to bring a ring to Cleveland after LeBron, bro, that's going to be crazy, right? <laughs> Two statues outside the freaking stadium, right? So it's like we tried in our best to try improve Cleveland, I think in in doing that, we found ways to improve the other teams, the trading teams, you know, from San Antonio through to Brooklyn and the L.A. Clippers. I feel it's business that, you know, the general manager and the coach would probably be pleased with and the owner, too. You know, if you Kobe Altman and J.B. Bicker stuff, and that's your squad in either one of those trades, bro, going into the playoffs and you end the playoffs this season, you will realize that coming from last in the East to being a playoff team, Bro, great improvement. And that's what we want to see, bro. We want to see constant improvement in the teams. And that's what we try to do on our show, right? So thank you for joining us on this journey. We pretty enjoyed it. Let us know what you think about the trades, what trades you have in mind for Cleveland as well, Um, what, what you would probably want to get back for Cleveland as well. You know, like if you're giving up some assets, some people will be thinking if we're giving up Drummond, we want to go all the way in on some of these trades. You know, why didn't Cleveland go crazy and try getting James Harden sweepstakes? You know, stuff like that, bro. It's pretty interesting to me because I think teams like that are very – uh, on the cusp of of something great if they do some one one to one too little moves you know what i'm saying and those little moves may be big moves you know what i'm saying It maybe literally getting a superstar player in but it's a little move in regards to what you could be 10 years from now as a regard as, as it relates to having done that business and like okay you went from a potentially dynastic team when lebron was there to a certified dynastic team because you did some business that wasn't now centered around one guy and was now centered around a whole idea of being a a team that can potentially be good for 10 years without being dependent on one guy to make us good. We have good young players. We have all-star talent. We have draft picks. We have coaches. We have a development team that scouts well as well. So, you know, I think you can build that. You're building that in Cleveland now. Double down and go all the way in, do the business, and let's see where the chips fall, right? That's two second-round picks in a fax machine. A loud booth podcast presentation. (laughs) I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us, man. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review on those DSPs where you consume your digital media content. Let us know what the vibes is. You know what it is, man. Otherwise, stay safe, stay sanitized. Peace.